The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Deuce and more, deuce and more, they tell you what they know, deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, the podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and More podcast, recording this late on a Friday night. It was an eventful day for the Sacramento Kings. Just hours before tip-off, a report said the Kings could be heavily interested in Pascal Siakam and what are the odds that the Raptors were in town tonight. So the arena was buzzing. People, reporters everywhere trying to figure out what the hell is happening. And then about an hour before tip-off, Shum says, oh, just kidding. <laughs> the Kings have pulled out from talks. There's a lot to go over with that. But then on the floor, the Sacramento Kings got it going tonight in the first half. Led by as many as 23 points, but then in the second half, the defense struggled a bit. Raptors playing hard, got back in it, scoring 73 points in the second half and cutting a 23-point lead down to two. But the Kings got a big night from Delmonis Sabonis. His sixth triple-double in 10 games, his eighth of the season. Fox with some big shots down late. And Keegan Murray with the double-double. Kings win on the home floor tonight, 135-130 to over the Raptors. Of course, this podcast is presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Trust out, trust Northwest. Or go to their website, northwestexteriors.com. That was so smooth until that part. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing? I'm doing great now. Fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Love a King's win. Love all you guys and our beautiful community. Ugh. Love it all. Well, let's talk about what went down tonight. Please. First things first. I feel like we, talking about us. What? At this point, we don't do a good enough job giving love to Demonis Sabonis. We, we acknowledge the triple doubles. We acknowledge these monster games. But we do need to take a step back because I think we're starting to get too used to it. Let me restate this. Demonis Sabonis, six triple doubles in the last 10 games. He's got eight this season tonight against Toronto, 24 points, 15 Rebounds, 11 assists. That, when you were doing your little open and you mentioned his triple-double, the first thing that clicked in my mind, uh, I don't think I really went off about how great 
Domas Sabonis's in this post game show. And Domas is Sabonis. No, no fog for the dog. You got to. I'll say this. If I would have done that and Carlin popped up and started walking, we would be like, oh, my God. We're singing (laughs) that for the rest of our lives. Um, No, but seriously, Damana Sabonis, Morgan. What he is doing lately, like, Mm -mm -mm. he's done this throughout his time as a Sacramento King. Mm -hmm. But I thought tonight, especially early in this game, just fighting for tough rebounds and then getting out and pushing. We've seen him do it before, but now, like, this guy's throwing lobs to other people. How This is back-to-back games. He threw a lob to Keegan the other night. He threw that one to Malik Monk tonight to put the Kings up 15 and secure the triple-double. The guy is so underappreciated, even here. Yes. Even here. We, yes. we know league-wide, maybe he doesn't get the love he deserves all the time but i even push back on that because the guy was an all-star last year and he was an all nba player meaning the media voted him as one of the best 15 players in the game but i think it's worth noting what he's doing right now is pretty special yeah it it is truly special and i think sometimes when we talk about it people want to talk about still the things that he may lack or that or his flaws and it's so bizarre to me because i go oh how many bigs in the NBA are pushing the ball up the floor with force transition with force and are capable and confident to get from rim to rim. Oh, not getting from rim to rim. That's fine. I'll just make a big play because my teammates are running the floor in their lanes with me. It's incredible how he makes the decisions that he does, whether it is a lob to someone in transition, whether it's a beautiful bounce pass in transition, um, taking the ball, pushing it up the floor with the push dribble. You just don't see that often, but then the stats that come along with it, absolutely incredible. He had that, what was it, in that loss the other night, the 23-19 game, or or maybe it was even, I think it was in the loss. The, whatever yeah. game it was, the 23-19. 11 turnovers, yeah. And, and the 11 turnovers, I remember. But the reason why I even bring that up, because I go, you look at his stat line, and it's hilarious that there's numbers like that sometimes that were like, that's not good enough for him. And then there's games like this that lead to a dub, and he's putting up the numbers, cutting down the turnovers, um, making his teammates yeah. better, and it's just like, wow, he is special. Still too many turnovers for him tonight. He knows it. The last three games have been an issue with the turnovers he had six tonight but he's doing so many good things out there and I thought just competing defensively I've noticed the last couple of games man I feel like he's getting amped he was getting amped last game when he was switched on to Bancaro and tonight being switched out into some of those long rangy forwards Mm -hmm. that the Raptors have switch out in the Siakam and he was like into it and he held his own yep that's the one thing that I really appreciate about his game is just how hard he plays like he may get beat sometimes defensively if he's in a like vulnerable spot, but this guy is constantly moving and playing hard mm. on both ends, and he's playing fantastic basketball. It's good to see him be aggressive. You know, I think there were times throughout his Sacramento tenure where like you need to look for yours more. You need to get buckets more. To see him taking sixteen shots tonight and scoring over twenty again, he's he. This is a theme. This yep. is the theme right now for Demonis Sabonis. Yeah, and it's, I mean, what a great theme, right? And especially something where you called him this when you were on NBC Sports a couple weeks ago. It was Mr. Reliable, 
But then you changed his name to... I, I, I call him the Improv King. The Improv King. The Improv King. Because you think about the great improv artists of our time, right? Robin I Williams. wasn't asking you to do this Jim again, Carrey. Yep. Something Deuce Mason? Deuce nope. Mason? Mm-hmm. But on the basketball floor, there's not many guys better that, than, at improv than Demonis Sabonis. It's unscripted out there. This guy doesn't need a play. He has feel. He has IQ. And when he's got the ball... Magic happens. And that's what keeps happening. And that's what you you are witnessing at times with this guy. Not only these magical plays happening or someone that is truly just so reliable when they have the ball in their hands. I know. I say reliable and then we can still go to his turnovers. But how is he having this many turnovers? He has the ball in his hands a shit ton during a game. Okay. That too. Yes. We all want it to be perfect. There's going to be flaws in this, but on top of all this, his strength, you guys, I look at his game and the way that he's been able to battle through, push through the chest of some of these bigs. And I'm not necessarily talking about uh purdle in this game. Purdle's strong though, dude. He is. He is. But I think it's a bonus to struggle with him in the past. And that is true. And with his length and everything, but I just, I, I mean, I'm even going back to even bigger bodies in this league and you're seeing him respond after starting off slow against some of these bigger bodies in the league and he's like challenge accepted let's effing go i'm gonna go right through you it's just incredible seeing his game also evolve and grow right in front of our eyes he's played every single game for the sacramento kings this year all 34 games he's averaging just under 20 points a game so 19.7 points per game he's leading the league in rebounding at just under 13 rebounds a game it's 12.9 and then he's averaging 7.6 assists per game now if you want to get a little crazy with me get crazy want to look at his last 10 games oh look at his last 10 games his last 10 games he's averaging 22.7 points he's averaging 14.4 rebounds and 9.3 assists on 62 percent shooting demonis sabonis has been absolutely incredible this year and um, he was great last year I think in some ways he's he's been better. It looks like he's just more comfortable. In fact, Keegan Murray mentioned after the game, like, what's what's the difference this year with him? He says that he feels that Sabonis is more comfortable with the offense this year compared to last year at this time. That's what Sabonis feels, more comfortable. Yes. And that's well, and very interesting because you think about how effective and efficient he was in last year's offense. So if he even feels more comfortable um, at this time of year, and I also think he feels more comfortable because he's being pushed and challenged by someone like Mike Brown to try new things, to be uncomfortable at times, which is only going to push someone to become better and add more to their game. And that's what we're seeing out there. His rebounding has been great. And some nights you're looking around going, all right, who else is going to rebound for the Sacramento Kings? It's been inconsistent. They've gotten hurt on the glass before. Tonight, they rebounded well. And again, it's because the other guy who has his second consecutive double-double. Keegan Murray, 18 points, 12 rebounds, 6 of 11 shooting, 4 of 4 from downtown. My nitpick tonight, Keegan Murray... With the way he started in that first half, he deserved to take more than four shots in the second half. And the Kings, as they continue to develop Keegan Murray, they need to find ways to keep him involved in the offense because this guy 
looks really good right now. That's what you were saying to me on the way back here. You were saying, okay, how can they get Keegan Murray more involved? And you look at that, you take a step back and you look at that question and you go, what do you mean? I mean, doesn't he have to also get himself involved? Doesn't he have to move yeah, without the basketball, does. all these things? But, but it's, I think it's, it goes back to what we've been saying about personalities and how you have to coach different personalities. And if you have to tell Keegan Murray, you're going to sit your ass down unless you do this, then do it. You know what I mean? It, it, we, we saw that happen with, hey, if you're open and you don't shoot the ball, Keegan, you're going to sit your ass down. And what I love is that then he start, he missed a lot, but he kept shooting. What did it do? Only make him a little bit and a little bit better and a little bit more confident and a little bit more willing um, to just keep shooting and to keep providing on the offensive end. And so, yes, I want him to be more involved like he is a De'Aaron Fox type person out there. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the game, just like putting the ball on the floor and going downhill. I'm just talking about putting the ball on the floor and making a move. He can make a little nice shimmy baseline, boom, baseline jumper. Like, he has so many different things to his game, and you talked about it on the pregame show as well. One of my favorite plays that Keegan Murray had tonight, Morgan, was when he got a rebound. I'm going back my notes to double-check when okay. this was. He, in the second quarter, he had a great sequence that fired me up. <laughs> He's defending Pascal Siakam, who's making a move, trying to drive on him. He takes a hit from Siakam. He plays physical without fouling and then has a nice contest on a Pascal Siakam mid-range shot that was short. Then, one of the next possessions after that, he got a rebound. Keegan Murray usually gets a rebound. Maybe he'll pass it. Keegan Murray not only brought the ball up the floor, mm. he brought it up with immense confidence. He pushed. Keegan Murray pushed and then stopped and popped from three. Bang. Love it. Love it. I mean... That right there. His growth. And, and you're talking about what I was mentioning on the pregame. We did a Keegan Murray video breakdown on our YouTube page yesterday. Check it out. YouTube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. Live people. Watch it later. Where we looked at his game against Orlando. And some of the numbers that popped out to me as I did a deep dive on some of the things he's doing this year. Cleaningtheglass.com is one of my favorite websites to look at stats. It's official, I believe, after tonight. Keegan Murray on the season has taken more mid-range shots this year than he did, la excuse me, it's close. Okay, he's two away. He's taken 112 mid-range shots. Okay. Through 30 games. Okay. And I'm messing this up so bad right now. No, get it. You're fine. <laughs> no, I You're had fine. it. Well, now I got to bring up my Patreon because all these I throw all these numbers out and I had this down so bad. I said, well, earlier, hold on, hold on. Become okay, a okay. Patreon member yeah. and you can see all these numbers. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Sorry, 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 sorry. Last year, Keegan Murray attempted 114 mid-range shots. Okay. This year, he's over that now. Through 30 games. Through 30 games. So he took 114 mid-range shots last year in 80 games. In 30 games, he's already surpassed that. And you're going, okay, taking the mid-range. You think mid-range is negative. No, it's not. When he's creating his own shot, getting step backs, and then he's got that smooth lefty floater. Mm. He could finish high out the window now. Last year, he was, take, he was taking those shots, as I mentioned, not that often. And he was shooting them at a 37% clip. Coming into tonight's game on those mid-range shots, 51%. That's elite. And you're wondering, oh, but, but, but wait. He's so good at catch-and-shoot threes. You can't ignore that aspect of his game. He was taking 5.8 catch-and-shoot threes per game last year. This season, coming into tonight's game, 5.8.
He's he still getting catch and shoot threes. He's just evolved his game to another level where you're seeing him put it on the floor, where you're seeing him show off the handles. That offseason work with De- De'Aaron Fox that we have talked about, I feel like we don't give it enough credit because going one-on-one against De'Aaron Fox has helped him defensively. It's helped him offensively to create because he wasn't allowed during those one-on-one showdowns with De'Aaron to post De'Aaron up and just score. He had to make a move. That is such an underrated aspect of his offseason development, Morgan. Reagan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not every time that we, we at first, we're talking about De'Aaron and Keegan playing a lot of one-on-one over the summer. We're like, that's great. That's great for chemistry. Isn't that so great? Right, Love right, it. Right. Oh, my God, that's so great. Then you start to see Keegan's game grow defensively, and you're like, that's probably from having to to defend someone as fast as Deer and Fox one on one. Okay, great. Then you're seeing different things come with his offensive game, and that's because he was going up against a good defender, a guard like De'Aaron Fox, and trying to get by him, putting the ball on the floor, and having to put it down, like dribbling that ball with authority so De'Aaron didn't get a hand on it and really had to find a way to create, elevate over De'Aaron in different ways. And God, I wish there was footage of them playing one-on-one and seeing it evolve over time. But guess what? We're just seeing it in front of our eyes right now how his game did evolve because of a lot of things like that i know we did a keegan offensive breakdown with with the film yesterday we may have to do a keegan defensive breakdown because i i am constantly at his uh, just amazed at his ability to guard multiple positions now and we're talking about a player who's six nine Mm -hmm. who can shoot it defend and now he's showing aspects of his game the biggest challenge for him will be to make sure he stays aggressive. I think that's the thing. We talk about consistency. The consistency for him is, hey, you're Keegan Murray. That means something. That means you are a guy for this team that could take us to another level. We need you to take over. It doesn't have to be late in the shot clock when you make a move on Franz Wagner. It was a great move. You can make that same move with 20 seconds on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. I don't need a desperation move. And it, you know, I'm glad you made that move with whatever the shot clock winding down seven seconds and counting. You make that move. I want to see you do it early offense. And that's why tonight when he got that rebound, he pushed it by himself. He was assertive and stopped and popped for a transition three. That's the King and Murray I want to see. And that's the King and Murray that all of a sudden you start seeing on a regular basis. He starts getting double doubles. He starts showing all aspects of his game that King's ceiling raises and raises. And all of a sudden, we're talking about the Kings in a different category in the NBA. Yeah. I'm, I'm Deuce Mason. Oh. There was, there was no like... I'm feeling good tonight. Mark. Yeah, you are. I'm feeling Because you good. just said at the end of a good take yeah. that didn't <laughs> need your name. I'm Deuce Mason. No, yeah, yeah, no, you did it again. Back to you. No, again, we're just... <laughs> Take it from here. Putting the ball down. <laughs> No, no. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm telling you. Like, he. (laughs) I like his game, man. This guy is. (laughs) He is 30 games into his second year in the NBA, and he's turned into a legit player. I love when Deuce, like, doesn't know anything else he wants to say about Keegan, except he's so excited about him. I like his game, man. And I get everything that you're feeling right now. I'm there. 
I'm with you. I absolutely agree. And this is even coming off of a win that we have once again, not we're, we're talking about individuals right now. We have not even talked about the story of this game and the ups and downs and the runs of this one, but it's because you're exactly right. Big picture. Sometimes not only is it difficult to get that win and pull it, be resilient and pull out a W in the NBA, even if things are up and down. But on top of that, when you see some great things coming out of individuals it's absolutely something that should be highlighted and that's what we're highlighting right now and let me just say this i appreciate everybody in the chat as i've always mentioned hit the thumbs up and subscribe but i'm seeing what people are saying deuce drinking that whiskey oh deuce is high i i, I get you think i'm under the influence of something he's high on Ma keegan murray's I'm, game. I'm high on the beam right now <laughs> i've taken like a sip of that little Tiny sip well, of this whiskey. the beam, the beam could be considered something else, but well, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like the beam, man. I didn't like, I didn't like the Matt Barnes beam. No, tonight. the beam. He's high I, off I, the purple I'm beam. <laughs> it's what I started with at the beginning of the stream. I, I'm trying to enjoy the wins a little bit because big picture, I'm like, dude, we sat through. Back, like we were talking about the Orlando game last night, chat where the Kings gave up a franchise. Orlando's franchise record in threes, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, Orlando beat Denver tonight in Denver. It hit seven. Yeah! It hit seventeen threes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but back Seems in two thousand nine, Orlando hit whatever their their franchise record at the time twenty three. Right. The Kings that season won like seventeen games. They won seventeen. So you know what? Yeah. In the second year of this era of Kings basketball, I'm going to enjoy the fact that they're 21 and 13 and also not under any, I, I, I'm not sitting here going, Hey guys, they're championship contenders. Wake the F up. I'm not saying that. I understand the process, but I'm also enjoying what this is right here, right now. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Soak it all in and be excited about everything that went down tonight. Um, but I do, since we did highlight two of the individuals that are, were definitely needed to be highlighted uh there's one more individual that i really want to highlight and then i do want to talk about we'll get to the story of the game Who do yeah. you want to highlight i also want to highlight De'Aaron fox uh bouncing back off of a slow start tonight too he started one of six and one of five in the paint he did he did but it's still a bounce back game for him um coming off of that like the last game to me was like his first flop of the season and everyone rallied behind to find a way to get that win against the Orlando magic. Great job tonight. You said it slow start for De'Aaron, but then he ended up finishing 10 of 20 from the field. And this is my favorite thing. One of three from three point land. You're like, why, why would that be? Because he didn't just go, I'm going to settle from beyond the arc because I like my range as of late. And because um, I can shoot this three, he understood that, he could dominate at a different level and that was getting into the paint. And he also had like that big shot late when he got into the paint, yep. high arcing shot over who two Raptors players that were right there in front of him. And so, yeah, 24 points for him, four assists, two rebounds, um, made all of his free throws three for three. I just, again, love seeing that three point number at times when it's like, Hey, I don't need to check up a whole uh, bunch tonight. I think one, he was still impacting the game. You know, I went back and watched the Orlando game again today. I was on... When? What? I was just doing some film stuff for Discord. Yeah, people on Discord sometimes do, Fox, F someone in our Discord, shout out to my guy Dave, was saying something about Fox coasting. And I went, 
okay, here's like seven clips of coasting. And you know what he was still doing? He was still pushing the pace and creating for his team. Like he was still attacking. He didn't have it. The Kings just played three games in four nights tonight. And there are going to be stretches throughout a season where, I know it's crazy, De'Aaron Fox is not going to play his best basketball. And he still has to find other ways to do it. I felt like tonight he understood, like, we're rolling right now. And I this is why we are a team. We need our team to step up. I may not have a lot right now. Can you lift me? Harrison Barnes, hit some threes for me tonight. Lift me, right? Chris Duarte, come impact the game. Lift me tonight. Keegan, lift me. Malik Sabonis. That's why you are a team. And De'Aaron still had 24 points tonight. He had 10 in the third quarter. And I thought he did a good job understanding, like, you know what? I'm not going to, I am going to attack a little bit. I'm going to get in the mid range and do my thing. He did a great job of that tonight. Yeah. It, it still wasn't one of his best games. He wasn't like, oh my God, dominant. But again, we're nitpicking. He's, the guy had 24 points that's in this it. game. That's it. That's it. No. And that's exactly it. And that's, again. Oh, and I, I, sorry. I, I'm getting amped up thinking about it now. But what? You talk about some of the plays. Oh, here goes Deuce in his Excel sheet notes. Proceed. Fox played some great defense on Emmanuel quickly and forced a turnover. That's Oof. one of my notes. How about when he got that? He got the technical, right? Oh, yeah. He got the technical. He was bullshit. All, and it was because he was posting up quickly. Quickly. I, I didn't know they were dancing. It was back like it was an eighth grade Ooh. dance. Okay. <laughs> Bad joke. Forget I said it. Quickly was grabbing De'Aaron's hip. Pulled his hip and then De'Aaron made a move and they called De'Aaron for it. Okay, whatever. You missed a call. De'Aaron got it all fired up, got a technical. We move on. Next play, he, get, he gets switched on to Pascal Siakam, and he's all fired up. I love a fired up Fox, Oh, yes, dude. yes, yes. He gets all amped up, and he's defending Siakam, taking a hit, offensive foul. And that was <gasps> that was Siakam's first foul of the game. That's was some big-time big shit. It was. It was. That's a big guy he's defending. It was. Who's trying to score? Who could be elite? He's one of the elite scorers on the team. Wow. Deuce, you're getting me even more amped up for this. Like, I could. Because, Morgan, in an 82 game season, I know. There are going to be moments where it's not pretty, but when you find ways to win, last game wasn't pretty all the time. They found a way to win. Tonight, in the second half, it wasn't always pretty, but they took Toronto's punches. The Toronto team that is playing hard, playing fast, has size, moving the ball. They rebounded well, and they end up winning the game. So you know I'm aware of all this, and I even told you on the way here, okay, breath, and I even told you on the way here how I was like, God, why don't I feel this way? Why don't, and like, sometimes it's Morgan's memory and nothing, not, not enough. Yeah, exactly. It's not a very good memory. Too CTE. many, too, too, too many, a few too many concussions around my basketball career. And, um, it truly, you reminding me of some of these things because I'm so not a box score, just a box score person, but I did get excited about the little things. Keegan Murray's 12 rebounds, uh, deer and Fox not taking as many threes. Obviously, Sabonis's entire stat line. And then another guy. I loved seeing Harrison Barnes step up in that starting lineup. And I know you go, well, isn't that what he should be doing night in, night out? It should be, but it hasn't been. So when he is having a night like this and he's contributing with five threes, five of eight from beyond the arc, um, 16 points, I go, yeah, that's that's the type of game, again, they needed him to knock well, down those open threes. I thought the Kings were disciplined tonight, and that, and that's some of the story of the game was really that second quarter when Sacramento scored 41 points. I mean, at the half, they had 22 assists, and why was that happening? Yeah, you're knocking down shots, but it 
was the way they were doing it. They were attacking. Yes. When the yes. Kings are attacking, playing fast, playing with force, it opens up everything. And I felt like they were making the extra pass. The ball had some energy tonight. And guys were knocking down shots. On top of that, though, Chelsea Gray made this point in the post game. She goes, look at the hustle plays. Look at the offensive rebounds that uh, these Kings players are getting. They yeah. finished with 11 offensive rebounds. And how many second chance points, Morgan Reagan? 26 second chance that's points. big time stuff against it's, a long team and that's it because what this what, what it led to was sabonis or keegan diving in there trying to knock the ball out get that offensive rebound and it led to guys being ready to just spot up and shoot they were like all right let me catch and shoot this catch and shoot catch and shoot and ready to shoot that three they were shooting it with confidence. Like, they weren't surprised that they were getting the ball. It just seemed like it became more of the game plan. And as things went on, it was like, okay, this is going to keep happening. I mean, you look up and down tonight. The Kings had seven players in double figures. We mentioned Barnes with 16. Keegan, 18 and 12. Sabonis, 24, 15 and 11 assists. Chris Duarte got the start, played 16 minutes, had 10 points on four of six shooting. De'Aaron Fox, 24 points, 10 of 20. Yet Malik Monk, of course, have an impact. Didn't knock down the shot efficiently tonight, but still had 15 points, 9 assists. Trey Lyles went down with an injury early fourth quarter, about the 9-ish minute mark. He finished with 12 points and had a stretch where he's just knocking down threes mm. left and right. Mm -mm -mm. Speaking of that, very interesting play. He was kind of backpedaling and just rolled his ankle. And then yeah. he left the game, did not return. Yeah, that... Which I think hurt them too because he was playing well oh yeah no he was playing well i mean when he took that shot to the face too you i mean this he's just such a tough yeah. guy and on top of all that when he's knocking down his threes like that it's not only valuable obviously for points but it's valuable to the energy and what it creates for the rest of the bench and they finished with 43 bench points him and monk in double digits off the bench and yeah it was just it was a really good performance in his 15 minutes. I have a stat of the night nominee I'd like to present to you guys at this time. Present it. And you could tell me if it's a stat of the night winner. It might be. Oh. Uh, the Kings have 35 assists tonight, Morgan. Okay. The Kings are 15-0 and 0 this season when they have 30 or more assists. Sure. Okay. Stat of the night nominee or winner. Thank you. Because we don't have any other stats that you're throwing uh, at me. I've been as throwing a, some other ones at you, you know. But not as like a nom like you're not presenting it as a nominee. You're, you're just, right. Yeah. So winner. Yeah. Love um, that. Love that. I thought the others played well. The others, you know, like I mentioned, Trey, even Davion tonight. That was the one. Davion, a decisive Davion. That's what it was. He That's came it. in. Yes. He missed some shots too, but I felt like he was making the right plays out there. He had a really nice push and transition all the way to the basket. That was great to see. I thought he had some nice minutes tonight. Kevin Herter, that's probably the one spot you go, man, he played 14 minutes, only three points. He can't really get anything to drop. He only took two shots. So his three had, was big. He had three assists and two rebounds. Yeah, he had the corner three. Yeah. No, it was a big three. And obviously, when you're seeing the Raptors go on a run and everything, but. Um, yeah, he, he is what he is right now. I mean, we've, we talked to him, like we said, we talked about him on that podcast with the athletic yep. earlier today. And just like, there's still belief that there's obviously so much there track record. How could someone just like take this big of a dip? I think his dips are just big dips. Big well, yeah. Dips. And now he's just not playing as many minutes. And I think. Not too. 
big picture, when you look at some of the stuff in the second half too, you know, the, the Kings got really hurt defensively. Now, is that all on him? No, it's not. But I thought the Kings in the second half, man, I thought Dennis Schroeder had a major impact for, for the Raptors tonight. Yes. When they went with that backcourt that had, I thought the game started to switch a little bit in, I believe, the third quarter when they went with quickly and uh, Schroeder in the backcourt. And the Kings had Fox and Herter out there. I'm hesitating because I want to say that might have been later than that. Anyway, there's one point that that happened, and I, I felt like that kind of changed the flow of the game a little bit. Um, so that was a little disappointing because the Raptors end up closing on a 20-6 to run in the final 629 of the third quarter. Kings led 98-75 at the 642 mark, and by the end of the third, it was 107-97. It is so hard yeah. to keep that type of lead for the rest of a game in this league, right? But the thing that was frustrating was that the Kings didn't seem like they stuck to the game plan of altering the Raptors' game. And what the Raptors' game is, is doing really good shit in transition. And that's what they got back to. And the Kings' transition defense did not look as pretty. The Raptors are near the top. I think they might be the top in the NBA in fast break points per game this season, Morgan. They're one of the best teams in transition. In the first half of this game, the Kings, I felt like, did a pretty good job with fast break points. The The Raptors got it going a little bit in the second quarter, but they had 10, but they finished tonight with 18. So they, they absolutely got some good stuff in transition, but... The other thing they were really good at, I thought, in the second half, is they. I felt like they kind of picked the Kings' defense apart. They were getting to their stuff really quick, and they were being decisive with the ball. When the Kings were throwing some doubles, maybe at Siakam or Scotty Barnes, those players were doing a fantastic job at getting the ball out yep. and not letting the double teams disrupt them. And, of course, when you're being decisive on those double teams and making smart decisions – you're putting the defense in a really tough spot to recover. And I thought the Raptors did a fantastic job at moving the ball. I kind of like their team with this group. I know they lost tonight and they had a rough start, but I mean, the length with Scotty Barnes, who the hell knows what they're going to do with Siakam, but Scotty's clearly gotten better. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at their lineup tonight, they had 31 assists. Siakam had nine assists. He had nine assists tonight. Scotty Barnes had six, quickly had eight. Those guys did a great job. A great job. No, and and I mean, you look at the length of Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, and that alone, yep. just that modern day body type that any NBA team would want. And you have two of those guys that can do it on both ends of the floor. And then quickly, what a great addition he's been. And even Barrett, I mean, you know, he. I think the last two games he's had about 14 or double digits. And... uh yeah, the, the the new additions are helpful to them, and you look at their future even without Pascal Siakam or what they can get for Pascal Siakam, and you go, okay, they're going in the right direction. But something else that you are mentioning with the way that they were making those quick decisions and really getting the defense to have to think quick. Yep. And sometimes the defense wasn't shifting enough, shifting quickly enough, and which started leading back to more fouls because they were the the Raptors were eleven for eleven at the free throw line in the first quarter. Don't get me started on that. By the way, there's very few teams You're that started. are near the bottom, like the King. Well, that's a stupid statement. 
The Raptors are one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the NBA. They're 29th. They're right down there with Sacramento. Sacramento's 30th. The Raptors go 23 of 27 well, for the free throw line. They missed four me, free throws. Let me finish. Sorry. So, so 11 for 11 in the first quarter. And then by the time it was halftime, I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say it was like 13 of 15, right? Like there just wasn't that many more attempts at the free throw line by the time it was halftime. Then you look at the end of the game and like Deuce said, they missed four free throws. They were 23 of 27 by the end of the game. And I just felt like, Again, because of the way they were making their quick decisions on the offensive end or pushing in transition, it just led to the Kings making some bad decisions defensively. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know, even some of the defensive lineups weren't great out there at time, stretches of this game, you know, into the fourth quarter either. So mm. that I think that was tough at times for Sacramento. But, yeah, I mean, I thought their, the resistance wasn't there. I mean, it, it's just there's some... We know this team can be challenged offensively, and when they're not engaged, they get picked apart, especially with teams who are fast, who are long. I think Emmanuel quickly does such a nice job attacking, getting paint touches. Yeah. He, he's, I mean, he's got handles. He could shoot. He's pretty dynamic. And then when you play Schroeder out there, too, it makes him really fun. When Sabonis fouled out with a minute 10 left in this yeah. one, and then Chris Duarte was... Was he already in the game or he went in the game? Whatever it was. Either way, he ran out on quickly and his closeout was so bad and it and quickly just took it to the rack, right? Like that was, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, that yeah. was like too quick. Wait, way that too was quickly. not a pun, but yeah, yeah, way too quickly. And then, but then the way that that game ended too. So after that happened, um, then coming back though on the Raptors side, you had quickly taking that three, thought he was getting fouled, uh, and then whatever happened for that timeout to come, that weird timeout that came, and then the Raptors out of that timeout getting that shitty look from three at the top of the key to finish, to be their last attempt, yeah. really. I was just like, that's your shot attempt? Like, that was your decision? That was what you wanted to get? No, I think something else screwed up there. The Raptors, by the way, scored 73 points in the second half. They also had 40 points in the paint in the second half. Mm. 60 in the 62 in the game. So 40 points in the paint in the second half. They were 20 of 25 in the paint in the second half. Jeez. And I think that's a large reason why they kind of kept rolling with Schroeder out there. They didn't play RJ Barrett a lot down the stretch, which kind of surprising to me because they just got him. But I think they were trying so hard to get the win. They saw like, hey, this is the group that's getting us back in the game. Let's keep it rolling. But look, there's definitely some things to clean up for the Sacramento Kings. You know, there, there's the defensive consistency is probably the biggest one. They had been playing some better defense lately, but overall, they rebounded well, which is huge. And they get the win. Yeah. They get the win tonight. They get the win. So I'm, like we mentioned before, I think it's, no, I don't think it is very difficult to get a win in the NBA. And it's important that you remember, hey, when you lose a lead, for example, the Golden State Warriors last night, up and down with the Nuggets, and then losing a large lead, and then, oh, I know, losing the entire game because Jokic hits practically a half-court shot. Icon. I mean, just an incredible shot, sideline out of bounds, boom. Well, let's give it up to the Warriors. They bounce back and beat the Pistons. So. You hear the news, too, about Chris Paul, by the way? Not good fractured hand needs mm. surgery 
So they lose Chris Paul. Mm. No, I did not mm-hmm. hear that. They did beat the Pistons. With all the other drama with Kaminga and Moses Moody. Kaminga just... didn't like his role. He played a season high 36 minutes tonight. And then did you see Steve Kerr talking about like, yeah, I played for 15 years and there wasn't a year I liked the amount of minutes I played. Like, <sighs> damn. Getting, getting interesting. We got to save some of that for okay, D. Okay. We, have, we have DMZ coming up because okay. we have to talk uh, some of this Kings trade stuff too. Before we get there. We should mention that tonight's podcast is presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Morgan Reagan, Northwest Exteriors is the place to go. Um, let's just talk about the fact that they have an awesome showroom in Rancho Cordova. Also, family-owned. Tom, big Kings fan, by the way, started Northwest Exteriors from his garage mm. back in 1989. Back when the Kings were just a little infant in Sacramento. His daughter, Monique, Mm -hmm. is involved in the business, too. It's literally a family-run business in Sacramento, and you could tell because they take a lot of pride in what they do. They do. They're local. They're great. They care about so many different things, and um, they care about the people in this community. And it's just great that, I mean, we've obviously gotten to know them so well. And um, this house right here, this podcast room, oh, yeah. It has noise-canceling windows, so thank you, Northwest Exterior. And how about this deal right now? If you upgrade your window system with energy savings sales event that's going on right now, mm-hmm. you purchase new energy-efficient windows. Yeah. Northwest Exteriors will pay your energy bill. Receive up to a $1,000 credit toward your energy uh, bill. That goes such a long way. Check them out. We love them. You will love them, too, because they are simply the best. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. Oh, your singing gets better and better. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, Medela. Is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Morgan Reagan mm-hmm. 
The fans have voted. I'm curious where you weigh in on this. Who should be the rock and soul player of the game? I think it should go to Joe Mastabonis. I'm, I'm sorry, who? Joe Mastabonis. It sounds like he says Joe Mastabonis. You don't know Joe Moss? Joe Moss, his brother? <laughs> his brother, Joe Moss. Joe Moss, a bonus. Joe Moss and Joe Moss. Well, I put that out on the chat in YouTube. Who was your player of the game? This is Demonis Sabonis who had his eighth triple-double of the season. By the way, his 40th of his career. There's only 12 players in NBA history who have had that many triple-doubles. He is one of them. Jeez. Is it Keegan Murray? 18 points and 12 rebounds. Mm-hmm. His second straight double-double. Or is it Harrison Barnes, 16 points? Malik Monk, 15 and 9. Well, 77% of the people say it's... Domantis Abonis. Domantis Abonis. He is our rock and soul player of the game. 24 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists, and 11 of 16 shooting in 38 minutes before fouling out in the final minutes of the game. He has been a beast, our rock and soul player of the game. You guys got to check out Rock and Soul Diner. We had a few fans come up to us at the game and say, oh, I went there. It was awesome. <laughs> and it's a good time to go there, isn't it, Morgan? It's a great time to go there because on Fridays and Saturday night games in January, you can get 50% off your bill after the game. Just Wait, go there after the game. 50, it's not 50% off like one eye. It's 50 off your entire bill. Okay. Your entire uh, bill. What about drinks don't count? So drinks do count. And also get this. If you watch the game there, you can get 50% off drinks and appetizers while you're watching the game there. So there's lots of deals going on, but Fridays and Saturdays after a Kings game in January, 50% off your entire bill. Are you writing down all the times you're going? Yeah, I am. You got to be shitting me. Check out Rock and Soul Diner. Just six blocks away from Golden One Center, 10th and S. I may go there there tomorrow to have some breakfast. That sounds delicious. Honestly? Rock and Soul Diner. Wait, we should have just not Dinah. done night chat and gone there because then we would have gotten 50% off our entire bill. Yeah, but we never Hey, we'll nice go chat. support Rock and Soul You know how many times tomorrow? I get invited out after tonight? I had a couple of people, hey, what are you doing tonight? We're going out. I'm like, what do you mean? I have night chat. Oh, you could skip a night, and I went. No, I literally Scott Fresh, our MC. Oh my God, like, Fresh! You could skip a podcast. You know what I did? Slapped him in the face. Good security came. All, it was a big deal. It was before the game. You guys missed it. But Good. It not, I, and I hope you knocked we'll him out. Yeah. Hopefully, he learned his lesson. He should never say. It was Will Smith, Chris Rock, like. Oh my God! Yeah. I don't like that. Okay, let's get to our Sharif <laughs> Jewelers moment of the game. Sharif Jewelers, duh, you know what they're about. Another local gem. A family-owned business. You know the crown? The, the, defensive, the, play, the defensive player of the game crown that yep. Chris Duarte won tonight? Yep. They made that crown. Yes, they did. Sharif Jewelers. And, of course, they can customize anything you want, but you can get watches. You can get an engagement ring. And they've got a member of the family at each and every one of their locations, official jeweler of the Sacramento On Kings. top of all that, really quick too, just to let you know, it doesn't matter what you have, a watch, a ring, earrings, whatever, necklace, something needs to be fixed. They can repair anything. I didn't know that was like a thing. I always thought you had to bring like jewelry back to where like you got it from years ago. No, you go straight to Sharif Jewelers and then you'll never go anywhere else. Check them out. So what's our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game? Chat, you can help us. I have a nomination. Okay. I am nominating the... 
There's two. I have two nominations I'm going to present at this time. The Keegan Murray rebound, stop and pop, pull up three. Okay. Bang. And then the Demonis Sabonis alley-oop to Malik Monk for the jam. It was an awesome play, but it was also Sabonis securing the triple-double. That one. Allie, and, and the reason why I say that, because this game, that triple-double, this big being able to do the things that he is able to do out there on the floor, oh, it is just comical. I am not going to be this person. I'm not going to do this and do the, why do the national media do this, this, and this? But I do think about how everyone does talk about his flaws, and he can't put the ball on the floor. He can't dribble this way. He can't, and I just go, this guy, the way that not only he can dribble up the floor, but he is capable and confident to throw an alley-oop to a teammate while running down the floor is just Something you don't see every day from a big in the NBA. You're right. And the other thing, I, I, I've always been one of the people, like, triple doubles are great. Like, I'm not trying to diminish them, but, like, you've they're always, not all created equal. I mean, you can have a 25, you know, 10 and 7 game, and that's amazing, right? A triple double is 10, 10, and 10. That's what game is better, right? But Sabonis is doing it by, he's having triple doubles with like 20 plus points and 20 plus rebounds. This is domination. This is incredible stuff from Demonis Sabonis. So it's been a lot of fun to watch him play. Morgan, I do have a Saturday Night nominee that I want to throw out there. That throw might it. be better than my 30 Whoa. plus assist night okay. one. This is from Joe Smith in our YouTube chat. The Kings are 21 and 13. Okay. Their best start since 2005. Oh, really? I was like waiting for their... No, new- you know what happened? You got distracted by Carlin, so you weren't fully listening. I was just seeing... I thought maybe his legs were working. He moved. That was oh, it. Oh, my. He moved. Let me... Or let's rewind. Okay. Morgan, I've got a stat of the night nominee for you. It might okay. be better than the stat I had, right? The Kings 15-0 and 0 when they have 30-plus assists in a game. No way. Joe Smith in our YouTube chat. That's a fake name. Kings 21-13. and 13. Mm-hmm. Their best start since two... 2005. Whoa! Morgan was a junior in high school. I was. I was a junior in or high a school. senior in high school, actually. It'd be a senior. Best oh, part. yeah, because no, I graduated. No, 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 junior. Junior, because it would be around January. Yep, so. so I was a junior in high school. Wow. Great job, Joe. Great job. Oh, Scott Joe. asked my favorite question. But what was the Kings record at this time last year? Uh, After 34 games, what was the Kings record? What was it? So glad you asked. And let's get to it right now as I go over the basketball reference. As he pads, pads, pads. Uh, After 34 games last year, the Kings were 19 and 15. And what are they right now? 21 and... uh, 13. Is that right? Is that right, math? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So 21 and 13. The cool. Kings are eight games above 500. The Kings were not eight games above 500 last season until I believe it was until January 20th when they after they won six in a row. Okay, so, now. Look. Hey, they're ahead of schedule, kids. Schedule, Be excited about yeah. that. And next up, a showdown with... <sighs> The Pelicans. Don't get me started. Well, we so, can, let's say we should save that for the end. 
Oh. Because I think we got to get to DMZ, but... I think we should go ahead and then get to DMZ. We'll get to DMZ. Well, people really want to hear the trade stuff, but yes, well, that's well, fine. We can get that. Kings and Pelicans yeah. coming up on Sunday. It's a 3 p.m. start time, 3 p.m. Pacific time start time, so note that on a Sunday, Malik Monk was asked tonight by G-Man about Sunday's matchup with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. He said, G-Man, I don't want to jinx it, but we owe them one. Oh, oh, good question, G-Man, and good job, Malik. And I will say this, Zion did go off the court limping tonight. He did not return in that Clippers game. They lost 111-95, I believe. Um, so, obviously, we don't know the status of Zion, but I said this to Chelsea on the postgame show, and I said, I want him to play. Uh, thank I you. want him to play. Thank you. I was going to say play. the same thing. I want to see this at full strength because – I thought the last time the Kings played the Pelicans, it was a little better, but they lost, right? And it was really disappointing. I That was in the in-season tournament, right? I believe. Yeah. When they lost. Yeah, um, yeah. It hasn't been good against the Pelicans. And that you're right. They lost tonight 111 to 95. The Pelicans are 21 and 15 now after the loss in L.A., tonight. Um, I'm double-checking to make sure that record's right. I know, because it always messes up on... They're twenty-one and fifteen. Yeah, but they've lost. They've won six of their last ten games. So, look, we we know the issues, right? They're long. They have guys that play physical. Yeah, and the Kings have not been able to deal with Zion. Bi's been a problem. But the one thing I'm going to caution you on is how often was Keegan Murray healthy during that stretch? Remember, he was banged up during those games. He was, and in fact. Let's double check it, you know, because this is why we have our memory jar. And I put, by the way, Shreve Jeweler's memory was put in there. I, I know. It, it was supposed no, I, triple double. We, we, yeah, we saw that. But um, what I will say, I don't feel like in these games that they would have won just because they had Keegan Murray. But, oh, but if you're, you're telling me that Keegan Murray makes a difference against a team that has Brandon Ingram, though. And sure. A, and the length that's out there. And Keegan Murray this year, I'm just going through real fast. New Orleans. He played he played in the in season tournament game. He played thirty one minutes in that game. Um, but the ones in New Orleans, I don't think he played. I think he got hurt in one of them. Yeah, he, he yes. He in the first matchup, I believe he played sixteen minutes and then he was out for that stretch of games. And I think Trey Lyles might have missed the first one right. or maybe that's when he came back. I I don't know. I mean, even that alone, it's like, sure, Trey Lyles was fresh back on the court as well. So yeah, different team. This is a good test for Sacramento because I want to see like, hey, this team has gotten the best of you. How and are you gonna respond? Are you gonna play physical? Are you gonna play yep. disciplined basketball? Are you gonna push the pace? This Pelicans team is the Kings can beat the Pelicans, but they haven't done it yet, and it hasn't been pretty. I think they need this game mentally. I, I mean, that's, yes, that. It's, when you look at the Warriors and the Pelicans, it's like, oh, they have the Kings number. Like, that's, they know what they need to do to get that dub over the Kings, and I'm just, I think we're far enough into the season to see the growth from this Kings team, but also it's still so inconsistent that I just can't sit here and tell you, I expect them to play like they did against the Grizzlies. That one, you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm not there, but I'm also like, look, you just, you, you saw what Malik Monk said when asked about the Pelicans, they owe them one, their mindset 
it's a different type of mindset going into this game. And that's good, but make sure that's energy is being channeled in the right direction. Yeah, and then it's the final game before they hit the road. It's a five-game road trip coming up after the Pelicans where they take on the Pistons, mm. the Hornets again, and that's a back-to-back. <laughs> then they play the Sixers on a Friday night. Then they play the Bucks, and then they play the Suns. So both games against the Hornets, though, here in January are going to be the second night of a back-to-back. Oh, no, no, no Hornets no, were the first. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, okay. So Pistons, Hornets, Sixers, Bucks, Suns are the road. That's the road trip. And after you get back home from the road trip, get ready, guys. Oh. January 18th. You know, Deuce Mace, playoff Deuce is here for that game. Kings, <laughs> Pacers, Fox, camera? Halliburton, head to head. 18. I shouldn't say that because Hall- Halliburton's not defending Fox. I know. That's so dumb. Why? Why? Wait, why are you, why are you winking? <laughs> it's just me being petty. I know. You're I so dumb. Tyrese, but that, that's so it, it'd be really good to get that stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Get, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Get the game um, against before. the Pelicans just mentally and mm-hmm. before the road trip. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we'll definitely do a things to watch before that for YouTube coming up. All right, Morgan. Are you ready for a little... I'm ready. Segment we have not done this year. The return of DMZ. This is where we go over NBA rumors because it's that time. The NBA trade deadline's coming, and that means rumors left and right. It started with Jake Fisher saying, Could the Kings be moving Herder, Barnes, and Mitchell? Well, that's the buzz that the Kings would be interested in moving those players they do not want to move Keegan Murray and, quite frankly, won't move Keegan Murray, according to reports. Cool. Love so that's reports. one thing. And then this afternoon, I was getting ready to go to Golden One Center when Shams had this intel on Pascal Siakam. are ramping up trade talks around Pascal Siakam, and I'm told the Sacramento Kings are emerging as a serious suitor in Siakam. They're among the offers and options that Toronto has And this is a gaining interest for Sacramento to pair and combine a a big three of Pascal Siakam, De'Aaron Fox, and DeMontis Sabonis if they're able to pull a deal off. But what could be a very integral part of these conversations with Siakam is he is on an expiring contract of about $38 million. And his willingness and his desire to re-sign as a free agent in July, whether that's in Sacramento or another team that he does get moved to. That is going to play a big part in this. this that could play a major role in this For if that team that's trying to get him is, is going to want to check into whether he will resign as a free agent. And, and if not, that could also dissuade some teams. So there's Shams with that report. So the arena is buzzing. The reporter is all looking around. What's happening? People, fans, looking at the fact that Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, the front office of the Raptors, were in town tonight. What is happening? So that was posted in the afternoon, but by 6.10, there was an update from Shams, who reported the Sacramento Kings are deciding to pull out the Pascal Siakam talks. Mm. Things can be fluid, but Kings-Raptors talks are now over. That's the very latest. Um... I think we all expect the Kings to be active around the trade deadline. And this time of year, the rumors come out left and right. And you're left with going, what do you believe? Where is this coming from? We do this every year. Every year. 
There's a lot of agendas this time of year. Mm-hmm. Who's leaking this stuff? Is it agents? You know, is an agent giving it to Shams? I also, my other thing, I, Shams is a grinder. He puts a lot of stuff out there. Shams is more willing to put out, like, rumors that may not mm-hmm. mean. He may but put talks out where Woj is more like he's reporting when it's a little more advanced. Shams is like, I'm putting it out there. I'm doing some stuff with FanDuel TV. That can get in stadium. That could get some good traction. I wish people would understand this reference that I want to go with. But you think about like, for example, if anyone watched the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City uh, season finale, when Heather Gay was trying to prove that Monica was this bad blogger, okay, this undercover Instagram blogger that has been putting out a whole bunch of shit about them. She waited until she got all this information from people that she had on the inside that that was the person. And then she confronted Monica where like Shams would be the type that would hear one rumor. Like, I think it's Monica. And then he'd be like, Monica, did you do this without all of his facts? But like it, it ended up being true. And I'm sure there's truth to what he puts out. And thank you for anyone that actually understand that reference. But truly seven people who listen to the podcast. That's fine. And those seven people, please let us know. Please let us know. Thank you. But that's truly what I do feel like Shams does. And I don't think that's a problem because I think it's kind of fun. I love a little bit of tea. But at the same time, like, if you are out there taking on this information, take it on like, hey, it's just a little rumor. It's just a little tea. Let's talk about where this is at, though, in terms of the king's interest in Siakam. It obviously makes some sense. You see how he plays. He's a player that, when he's going, can score at all three levels. Not as efficient from three as maybe you would like. He's been doing it better as of late, but he's got size. I think he can play with physicality. He is long, rangy, can defend a few positions too. He's a pretty talented player. The challenge is he's in the final year of his contract. Yep. He makes $38 million. So if you're trading for him, what are you giving up? And you have to match the contracts, right? So you play with the trade checker, checker, the trade checker, and you see some of the options. And you try to figure out, okay, what would the Raptors want? I think the Raptors are to the point where if they're moving Siakam, they just want to get something of value back. They don't want him to just walk. The challenge with that is what do teams want to give up if they're not getting assurances from Pascal Siakam that he will resign mm-hmm. with them? And I think with these talks, maybe pure speculation, Siakam's like, I'm not agreeing to sign with Sacramento. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to go to Sacramento. Sure. I mean, also thinking about from his perspective, mm-hmm. I think Sacramento is a desirable spot for some players, but I could see a world where Siakam looks in the mirror and he's like, I've been an all-star, an all-NBA player. I'm at the same level as Sabonis and Fox. I'm going to go there knowing that Sabonis has the ball a lot, that Fox has the ball a lot. No. I'd rather go somewhere else where I still get my touches. Send me to Atlanta where it's a two-man game with Trey or maybe get me to Golden State with Steph. We also don't know his personality, right? And and the reason why I say that because I go, there are some personalities that truly can believe, like they, they, how is, how am I trying to say this? They, they have a personality where they, um, 
really enjoy the game and it's not it's not even like oh they love winning and they want to go where winning is it's they love basketball so they love a certain style that is there and I feel like if he were to have a season and there was winning basketball one but also Mike Brown was there and he was being coached by Mike Brown and his style and he's like oh this could better my game for this time in my career. I think that is so valuable to certain players that actually respect the hell out of the game and respect that part of the game. I agree. And and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's one of those guys or if he's more like, I'm Kyle Kuzma, get me paid, get me the ball. Well, and I think part of his logic too is if I get traded to, I don't know, Sacramento, mm-hmm. When I hit free agency, that team can pay me the most. Yes. I would yes. hate to give up money and yeah. have to go somewhere else. I would rather get traded to a team that I know I want to be with. I think Pascal would definitely desire to play with the Warriors and play with Steph Curry. I think that is something that is appealing to him. I wouldn't you These talks are, Steph? Yeah. I mean, whether they're paused for now, it doesn't mean it's over for good this is we are in january right now and maybe there was some stuff exchanged today some talks and they couldn't reach a a consensus on something well you know what we're done with this for now and maybe this got leaked out by someone in the king's a few hours later like okay we're gonna squash this and say talks are paused who knows what to believe at this point that's where we're at with it i think from sacramento's perspective too like i don't know how you feel about this but do you make a trade for siakam without knowing he's going to resign. Are you willing to take that gamble? They've done this before years ago with Rudy Gay, and they were able to get him to resign. They've been able to retain players before, but if you trade, let's just say you traded to make salaries work, it's like Barnes, Herter, Davion, a pick to get Siakam, knowing that he can make you better and you get to keep Keegan, and maybe this year with the West being open, who knows what the hell can happen? You never know. Yeah. But he could walk at the end of the year. Are you willing to take that risk, even though it doesn't give you a lot of cap space if he walks? I, I feel like for Pascal Siakam, sure, you're, you'd be willing to take that Ooh. rental, that risk. And on top of that, you would believe, obviously you believe that that would turn into winning basketball and winning basketball would please this man and make this man actually want to be a part of this group going forward and want to resign. But I mean, yeah, there's just no guarantees, but that's, that's that's the type of guy. Sure. I would take the rental on. And that's something that Sacramento, I think they're the type of team sometimes that you think about where it's like, Hey, we may not be able to get a Pascal Siakam in free agency, but if we trade for him, and to your point, show him our infrastructure, mm-hmm. show him what we're about, the style of play, the resources that we have, the commitment, yeah, the building, yeah, the fans, that we can convince him to stay. That like we hey, we'll make him believe. Like that's kind of what they bet on. And it's a bet for sure, but it's also one of those things that, man, you do on paper go. If you had four four of your five stars are Fox, Keegan, Siakam, and Sabonis. And then you have Monk coming off the bench. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, it's, that's, yeah, it's, I mean, that's what your, that's what your goal is in this league is to find, although you believe in Keegan and him becoming that third guy. And that's why even when Shams is talking about like, can he be that third guy? I'm like, 
yeah, I mean, obviously that's what Siakam would be, but how great that Keegan's your fourth, <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's a, that's, it's, it's a very much, it feels like a holy shit type of move. Um, but you are taking that risk. And I, I think this Kings team and what they believed in last year, especially at the trade deadline was their continuity. And I think this year they, it's not that they don't, believe in that and patience still but they also understand that hey to get better you're going to have to take risks and moves but but the moves that need to be made still need to be smart and i think so many people are gonna be so pissed off if nothing is done well, i'm sorry but here's the thing if things behind the scenes if there are teams that would only do something if keegan murray's involved if malik monk isn't involved Screw you. Then sure, you but can't the, make it, the, then you can't get it done. You could still get a then deals you, done but around the, deals, the league to help. The deals team, done, the deals done will be the under the radar moves. And I'm talking about the under the radar type guys on certain teams that are losing around this league that everyone's gonna be like, How is that that's not Pascal Tayakam? But it's like Okay, but it's the tweak. There's going to be certain players that are going to end up being the tweak. I mean, you just think about someone like Trey Lyles that has completely changed this team, and nobody was even talking about him in That's that true. move. You know, it's like nobody was even being like, what can this guy do? I think you and I maybe mentioned like, hey, he still could have this or do this. Or then in the offseason, it was like he worked on his body, not knowing what he could actually contribute when he is a big part of this team. So my point is, it's like, even with that stuff, I'm not saying you, 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 you can do whatever the hell you want, but I'm also going to be patient with my thought process. I, I too. also think there's, there's nothing wrong with an under the radar move. I think the, no. you, if you upgrade slightly, it could make this team significantly better. And you're betting on, Hey dude, I think Keegan long-term is going to turn into a damn player. In and the then NBA. you're not screwing with yes. the core. So that's something, I, I mean, I'm not trading Keegan Murray. Like that's off the table. That's right, not right, happening. Right. So improving this team is outside of that. I mean, I think the Siakam thing is going to be interesting to follow that we've heard noise. You know, Mark Stein had some stuff today talking about Atlanta being mm -hmm. interested. The DeJounte Murray things get weird. Yeah. The Pacers beat them again today. Second time this year they played and the Pacers have scored 150 plus on them in a game. That's Oof. awful. It's a weird vibe. It looks like they want to move on from DeJounte Murray more focused on, you know, Trey Young and and Jalen Johnson, but could they be on him? The Pacers have been brought up about Pascal Siakam, which fascinates me. I don't, from the Pacers' perspective, I don't know what their rush is. You know, I, I don't know why trading for 29-year-old Pascal Siakam and then looking to, like, extend him, what's that really do for them? I think they can be patient, allow Halliburton to continue to develop into what he is turning into, which is one of the best players in the league and build around that. I don't think they have to make their move now. And I, I don't know. I, I think they'd be a playoff team and get that experience and then still be attractive in the future well, to go get people. Yeah. Because if you're trying to get that rental when you're not even a playoff, well, I mean, I guess they could, they be, would be, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, I think they get, they'll get, to, they could get to the playoffs without him in the East. And I'm just saying, is that the missing piece? Is that what you want to invest in? I, I don't, don't think they have to make that move now. Even Detroit's been mentioned. Like Detroit wants to do something. Could they be in the mix? Who the hell knows? So the Siakam thing, at least at the moment, kind of pushed aside, but I mean, I, I, I would love to see the fit. I think there are questions about, okay, what's the spacing going to look like because of where Siakam likes to operate, right? Maybe sure. in some similar spots like Sabonis and 
even Fox in the mid range in times. But I also think he has the ability to do different things out there and you can use him differently. I mean, it, it just gives you another guy that can go out and get to a, get mean, a bucket as well. That's it. That's it. not only I, he can get do to the things, line. He can do things on both ends of the floor. And that is not only what Mike Brown would want to add in his rotation. That is what anyone around this league would want to add. It's mostly just knowing that he is a rental unless you can convince him to sign. Resign. And the other name to watch that I think there's a lot of smoke around this name too is Kyle Kuzma for <laughs> a few reasons. Yeah. One, the Kings and Monty McNair literally thought they had a deal done with him when he was before him when he was with the Lakers. Remember what happened instead? Russell Westbrook got traded to the Lakers and that squashed the Kings deal with the LA Lakers. It would have gotten Montrez Harrell at the time. Kuzma at one point it sounded like KCP maybe in it. I don't know if that was actually accurate. But Kuzma thought he was coming to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Like Montrez Harrell was on the phone trying to ask Rico Hines, an old Kings assistant, where he should live because they thought they were going to Sacramento. So there's obviously interest in Kuzma. And then this offseason, I think there was interest in him. He likes to re-sign with the Washington Wizards. And his deal, a little more appealing. One, he's under contract for Mm -hmm. a few more years, right? And the deal goes down each and every year. He's got the size. He's not as good of a player as Pascal Siakam, but he could help the Kings too. I just don't know what Washington's really trying to do and what they would have interest in from the Sacramento Kings. I, I mean, who I have yeah. no idea what Washington's trying to accomplish. I don't even know what they're trying to accomplish with the pieces that they do have. So it's like, I get it if that was the direction that they went in, especially if they could make it, done easily you know um and especially because the interest in the intrigue has been there for quite some time but is Kyle Kuzma also somebody that you think Mike Brown could coach up the right way that would buy in and not want right. out two years from now. I, you know what I mean? I'm just, and I'm, that, I mean, that, that's a question about some of these names I'm talking about in general, Pascal Siakam, yeah. Kuzma, you know, I know Zach Levine was thrown in there. I just don't think the Kings front office is actually interested in Levine and maybe I'm dead wrong, but I just don't feel like that's the case. You know, and KO says Kuz is empty stats. And here's what I tell you, you put him around pieces where yeah. he is not the guy, not the guy, but he's one of the core guys. It just, it goes to being like, okay, maybe that could elevate his game to another level, but maybe not. Yeah, and I also, I'm not concerned about stats when it comes to Kyle Kuzma. You know, I'm, I want to know buy-in. Is he going to run the floor? Is he going to be a lob threat? Is he going to be cool with some nights if he's not scoring 20 a night and he's scoring 12? Is he going to go out there and compete defensively and show he can be productive without... The score, you know, the scoring out there. Yeah. So that's with any player you're acquiring is you yep. want the buy-in. That's why, you know, I'm interested in DeRozan, man. Caruso, maybe Patrick. I'm a lot of Bulls guys. I mean, and I agree with all these players, yeah. but it's, I'm waiting for rumors. You know, I'm waiting. When I yeah, say rumors, so, I'm waiting for like rumblings around yes. those guys before I'm like, oh, of course, of course there's, I can name a hundred guys that I want around the league, but are there rumblings around these guys? If I were the Kings too, and in the Raptors talks, I would be trying to get Dennis Schroeder. Okay. I I mean, you think about bringing him off the bench. Yeah, that would be great. Kind of fun with him and Monk. And he has a little bit of 
Got a little dog in him. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like it. And he's been on enough teams. You yeah. Know? I mean, I know he's kind of complicated at times, but he's also been on some good teams. I agree. I dig him. I dig him a lot. All right, Morgan. Uh, you might have heard him a second ago. Pop in oh, there. He Whoa. Put a shirt on. Um, we haven't talked to him for the last couple of games. And for those who don't know in the chat, you can always join our Discord. And in the sh- during the show, which we haven't done a lot this year, some people have asked me about that. Um, you can hop into the voice chat and talk with us too. Uh, just like Nick does. What's up, Nick? Hold on, hold on. Why am I not hearing you? Oh, I just. What's up, Hi, buddy? Coach Nick. Why not like the beam? Why not like the beam? Why not wait tonight? Why not shave your head? Yeah, I got a haircut. I can tell. Oh, it looks good. You do it yourself? Yeah. Hey, do some out. Hey, hey Morgan, I came. I, hey, I got to, I got to watch the game tonight and I got to see them win tonight. So why not win? Why not win? You know, it's funny the other night, Nick, when he was at the game, I'm working at the desk, like about to go live and he goes, come here, come here. Like all the way on the other end behind the cameras. And I just look at him and go, I'm working. I'm about to be on live television, but that was really nice that you wanted me to come over there, Nick. Thank you. But yeah, uh, are you gonna be doing pregame on Sunday? I'm not doing pregame on Sunday, so I will not see you. Who are you gonna be at the game Sunday? I will not be at the game Sunday. I'm actually gonna be watching a uh, paralyzed Carlin. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing night chat Sunday too, right? Yes, we will, of course, Nick. We do it after every game. You know this. All right, Nick. Hey. Oh. Why not win every game every night at the Golden Center? Why not every win every game? It's a it's a great question. I think it's it's something you got to ask the team. Like, why not? Well, if you did talk to the team tonight, they won the game. What's your message to them before Sunday's game? What do you tell the Kings players? You keep winning your game. You keep playing your defense. You keep doing what you're doing. That's a. I mean, short, straight to the point. I like it. Thanks, like Nick. It. Yeah, just keep winning your games. Uh, and also today, I got to see the. Guess who I got to see at the game today? I got to see the Stata Keen's mascot there today. Dunkson. He's got a name, and it's Dunkson. Yeah, he was there today. Yeah. He was. I saw him. He did so good. So, and, you know, they're going to be having some Stata Keen's games coming up. I, I think they already have Stata. Yeah. I love that I love that you're asking us. Yes, we do Stockton Kings games, too. Uh, We'll be doing the one that's actually at Golden One Center, what, January 13th, I Mm -hmm. believe, against the Long Island Nets. That game's in Sacramento. Uh, Get your tickets to it, you know? Next Saturday. Get some good seats. Do some mo on the call court side. You can get courtside seats for as low as $70. We don't promote this enough, but we we do Stockton Kings broadcasts, and our weekend games, Friday and Saturday, are aired locally on KMAX. Are we giving tickets away for that game? No. We'll see what we can do. Oh, Nick. wow. Deuce. I I would like to have, have a ticket. Of course you All would. Right, you right, love right. free stuff, don't you? Yes. Why right. not? Why not love free stuff? All right. Stuff? Anything else you want to say before we let you go and sleep memes? Well, hey. Deuce, wop, deuce, ammo. Deuce, ammo. They tell you what you know. Sleep That's beams, a, Nick. Sleep beams. Sleep beams. See you, Nick. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Uh, Bye. What a what a cutie. Ugh.
the, yeah, the best. Little bald head. I love. It's like us. We're like telling him a story to bed, yeah. and then he like sings the song. I'm I glad just, he put a shirt on right before he I, was. When I we, when we first that, went to like, him, he. I think he was completely naked. I think um, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was naked. He, no, he wasn't. He was just shirtless. Oh, he's shirtless. Yeah, just shirtless. Why not be shirtless? You know. <laughs> Go to bed, Nick. Sleep, Bames. We're watching him on the screen talk back, but uh, no one else can hear him. It's oh funny. My God. Cute, Nick. <coughs> he is funny. He's a funny one. All right, Nick, get out of here. All right, Nick. Nick. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye. Um. Yeah. Side note. Trade rumors. What about them, huh? We we love them as fans. Mm-hmm. We love them. We love seeing them, talking about them, debating them for hours so upon fun. hours. We get frustrated when it doesn't work out. They're just talks, right? They're just talks. Um, They're just talks. But I do always think about this, you know, and I know there's someone watching this later. I don't care. They I get don't. paid millions of dollars. Soak it up. I do think about, God, can you imagine today you're like on your phone, you're like, I'm in trade rumors today. Oh, oh, Toronto. And then yep. you're thinking about going to the Raptors or wherever. And that's the one thing about pro sports that's always fascinating to me is like at any point, you can just get moved. If someone to a city that you don't know it could be the that's one of 29 saying. cities, it could be anywhere. It could be a bad situation, good situation. You really, for the most part, don't have much of a say. No, you don't. And on top of all of that, it's like you can say it's part of the job. It's all the things I get that. But I truly think about like if I was told that I have to go in and do a (laughs) television broadcast and I have to do my best. But hey, during that broadcast or going into that broadcast, I could get traded to another team to have to go do a different broadcast, just to a whole different city, to do what I love, to do what I love and to get paid to do what I love. I get that. But you really put yourself in those shoes of being like, it's cool to have lots of money, but it's also not cool to not have a choice. And when you don't have that choice and and you feel like you are not wanted and all those different things of emotions come over you, yeah, you do. You just you got to make sure yeah. that you're humanizing these situations. I think someone like Harrison Barnes is, you know, when he sees his name in rumors, he's like, oh yeah, this is my life every year. Yep. And I, I think the vets kind of get used to it. I think the longer you're in the league, the easier it gets. I mean, remember when Tyrese got traded? And I mean, that was <sighs> devastating for him at first, right? Yeah. And it took him time. I remember saying at the time, it's like, you know what? He's gonna look back at this and go. This is okay. Like yep. this was supposed. This was to, for know. the best. But you know, it, it doesn't mean it's easy to deal with. No. Even if you know, it's like, oh, there's a chance. It doesn't matter. It's just like you're start. It has to be in the back of your head. It takes a different level of mental toughness, I think, to like kind of push it aside. And even if you go, well, I'm not really on social media. Okay, fine. You're not on social. You're probably lying. But say you're not. Someone sending it to you. Someone you you know you have eight you. billion people, an old high school friend that has your yeah. number. Or you're going you're to the DMs. Knicks? No way. Yeah, what's up, man? You should come here. It's in comments. I think it's probably harder now than ever. And so I always feel for 
for players because you just you just don't know how it's going to play out, and that's kind of the, the shitty part about pro sports is like it, and you have to fight through it because you have to keep playing. It's just like I'm a professional; I have to help my team win games. As long as I'm here, this is what I have to do. But it doesn't mean it's just not in the back of your head. Yeah, no, and even on the show, the the pregame show and postgame show, and even tonight here on the podcast, you know, like I always like it is fun to talk about rumors of any sort, like it, whether you are in celebrity gossip yep. or in sports, like it is fun, but these are people's lives that you are talking about. And I think it's just also making sure that you are being respectful when you are talking about it and not making people feel like they're not wanted in really talking about their work and why their work either doesn't work here. It does work here or they are valued somewhere else or their work will work in a different system. All those things in, in, uh, angles are very important when you're talking about these players. It's a good point. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. Morgan Reagan. You have some final thoughts for us tonight. Could be about anything, as you know. Final thoughts. Um, you know, I I know I came on this podcast tonight a little like, a little fiery, a little spicy. Can I cut you off? It's it's okay. I no. The, and, you, the Kings. I, I know there's a lot of good tonight, and now I feel like I'm trying to bring us down a little bit. They do have to clean up the the second half stuff. But the 73 points is not. You don't give up 73 even points in a go half. there. Oh. But non basketball related. What I was gonna say was exactly was I I came in like that and being able to kind of talk it through, not only with you, but with this community here and like just feeling like, oh, I'm talking with people, even though I it's I'm talking practically like to you guys right now because I'm not hearing all of your hundreds of voices, but it just, it does something to me and it, it made me feel so good and it put me in such a good place tonight. So, um, just thank you for being here on a Friday night. And it's, I, I just, I never take this fun for granted. That's cute, Morgan. That's yeah, very cute. Shut up. Audio people. You didn't hear the story. It was in our pre-show, but Morgan was talking about someone that, you know, was, or gets really irritated when people compliment her looks instead of her her work sometimes. When I'm it vulnerable, feels it's more about that. And I give you my heart, and then you just give yes. me like surface yeah. level bullshit. That's yeah. it. Final thoughts. Well, you went kind of deep. I mean, that's fine. You always tell me go wherever I want to go. You can. I love it. I'm not saying it. I'm just like I'm about to go. So uh, the Kings. Let's just you know, it's like mine feels so unimportant at the moment. Um, it's not. You're important. I know. Very important, <laughs> vital to a lot of people. Without me, it's tough, right? Um, good one, good one. Could be better. Could be better. Uh-huh. Clean some shit up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was to you what we were just talking about with all the trade stuff. Yeah, this stuff was happening hours before the game. The players were seeing it. It started with this morning, and then just hours before the game. Mm. And whether some could fight through it and others it impacts, or maybe it doesn't impact anybody at all. The fact is the team saw it. And if they're seeing it, they got to go play a game hours later against a team that it sounds like both teams are talking, the Raptors and Kings. It's a little weird. Of It's kind of a weird night. Yeah. And they went out and they still played hard. They played well. Agreed. 
it wasn't perfect, but they got the job done, and they're sitting at 21-13, and 13, and according to Joe Smith, that's their best start since 2005. Ooh. Those are the milestones that we have to acknowledge and appreciate. Last year, it was easy. We're like, hey, there's seven and whatever. This is the best start since 2000-whatever. Well, now they've exceeded some expectations. They won 48 games last year, so now the milestones are getting a little different. When you see a best start since 05 when they're 21-13, and 13, yeah. So get up a little bit. Yep. And then you get ready for Sunday at 3 p.m. When mm-hmm. a team that has owned you this year, the Pelicans, comes to town. They beat you bad twice on their home floor. Then they came to your place in an in-season tournament game with a trip to Vegas on the line. You know what they did? They sucked the life out of Golden 1 Center. So what team is going to show up? Are we going to see the team that played the Hornets the other night? Or are we going to see the team that went on the road smacked around the Memphis Grizzlies. Are we going to see the team that beat Oklahoma City twice this year? Are we going to see the team that beat Denver? I want to see the Kings come out fired up. I want to feel the vibes on an early Sunday afternoon. The Kings are approaching this like a different type of game. I want to feel the vibes from the fans getting amped up. I'm not scared of the Pelicans, and the Kings better bring it. There you go. Let's go. Can Sunday be here? No one cares about football. The Niners aren't even playing their guys. Sunday is about Kings, <laughs> Pelicans, and Sacramento. The NBA world should be focused on Kings, Pelicans, because we're talking about it. There you go. Let's go. Good. That was your final thought. Oh, that was not my final thought. That was just a little no, speech at the end. that was your final thought. Final thought? I don't know if we had a... No, nope, you already had your final... You could do... Nope. I do... People want a Carlin update. Do you, is he like... Is he a child that is, like, forcing his parents to not la- allow him to go to bed? He's like, wait, but I me? think I have to brush my teeth. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, because I like talking to the people. Uh, Carlin update real fast. I saw some people asking earlier, I swear. Uh, Carlin went to the vet yesterday. Great personality. A lot of encouraging things, right? Uh, his progress is stagnant, okay? Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Not a good thing. Not a bad thing. The doctor said, hey, if we're at this point a year from now, then we're having a different conversation. So Carlin is still not able to use those back legs. His energy's great. He's happy. He's rolling around. He's being a little more active, dragging those back legs around. That's all that matters. And he'll start rehab soon at UC Davis. We'll get him going. So, And it sounds like he peed on his own because he got excited yep. with my brother tonight so i hope that's the case hey. so i don't have to press his bladder and make him pee the amount of dog piss and shit that's been everywhere on us unbelievable yeah more on you but still it's um it's it's been a time yeah it's been a time but carlin as jess says in the chat He's got the dog in him. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much for being here. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Also, drop comments below. Let us know how you felt about the game, how you're feeling about the Pelicans game. What do you think about Keegan Murray and Demonis Sabonis? Drop the comments below. Let's make these videos blow up and this YouTube page blow up. We love you guys, but we gots to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.